Welcome once again, my friends, to the podcast journey that never ends. You're listening to election profit makers. There are a couple of movers and shakers. So grab your maracas and shake along to the sounds of Kid Midas and John. We're your favorite podcasters. We're like laser blasters. R2D2 C3PO. It's time to fight Darth Vader, you know. So grab your laser blasters. You're in the presence of podcast masters. My name is Kid Midas, the original wave rider. And I'm joined on the line by someone named Long John Silva. Hi, John. Hey, David. How are you doing? Coming to you live. Sorry? Excuse me? What? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to tell you I'm coming to you live from Miramar Beach, Florida. Yeah. What are you doing way down south in the Florida panhandle, John? Trying to get COVID, man. You know, I don't wear a mask anymore. Going down here and just living life. Are you actually being contemptuously dismissive of people's concerns about a new COVID wave? You really are over it now. You've flipped over to being No, uh... no, I'm not over it. I still wear a mask in places where, you know, it doesn't feel safe. So I definitely wore a mask on the 11-hour drive down here through various parts of Georgia and Alabama. And uh, anyway... This is really not where I wanted to be this week. Uh, I mean, I, I'm glad. Sorry, there's a f- what fire uh, F-16 flying by my window. Um, Don't worry about background noise. We, we'll hear it or we won't. It doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Well, I apologize in advance for all that. Yeah, my heart is back in Carolina this week. Actually. Oh, right. Okay. Doomsday. Why don't we get this out of the way? Let's just talk about it real quick. Okay. John's doomsday clock scenario has come to pass. Woe betide those of us who are unfortunate enough to live on the earth at the same time as this dark reckoning is foisted upon us by powers that be. John, take it away. You know, last week when I came on here and was screaming bloody murder that this might happen and you were scoffing at me, I think the computers had it at a less than 2% chance. Why don't you explain what you're talking about for any listeners who don't remember? Okay, I mentioned this last week that... I believed there was a strong possibility, indeed I predicted, that Carolina and Duke were going to advance to the Final Four and end up playing each other, something that has never happened before and something that nobody on either side of the fan base wants to happen because the stakes are so high and it's the ultimate trump card winning or losing that game. And it has come to pass. They are both there. And so now we're dealing with the, you know, the fallout from that. UNC beat uh, Cinderella superstar St. Peter's last night. That's right. Before that, they had to beat uh, four seed UCLA, which was a, a, a much tougher game, obviously. They did that on Friday night. Right. And once they beat UCLA, whether it was going to be St. Peter's or Purdue, I, I was certain that they would win that game. And Duke, uh, yeah, was able to advance by beating Arkansas, who had knocked off number one Gonzaga. So, um, you know, UNC did not have an easy road by the fact that they beat a 15 seed to get here. They did beat a four seed and a number one seed. So um, their their road was just as hard as anybody else's. Excuse me, with all these talk about uh, seeds, I'm wondering, um, am I in the gardening aisle at Home Depot, the famous hardware store? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
That's good. So sounds like UNC built, they beat a, uh, let's see, they beat a one seed, a four seed, and a 15 seed. Yeah. Uh, did they beat any sunflower seeds? <laughs> Take that again. Okay. Uh, hey, Jimmy, thanks for having me on again. Uh, I'm going to do some basketball humor this time. So UNC, their road to the Final Four, they beat a one seed, a four seed, and a 15 seed. Um, did they happen to beat any sunflower seeds? <laughs> oh, yeah. The stick is getting so old, but I love it, and it's truly authentic. No, it is authentic. Just to laugh, to laugh at my creative mind as it spins out golden thread after golden thread out of my little spider's anus. You know, it's like the webs that I'm weaving are, are difficult for some listeners to appreciate. But for other listeners, we can say this is like uh, ambrosia, which is the nectar of the gods, which I also secrete from my anus. Uh huh. So it's all love. You can call me the amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, back to the doomsday scenario. I know this was a tough week for you, David, because you were clearly frustrated with me last week. Yeah. That my head was not in the game. So I'm humbled that I got this prediction correct. But it is not what I was rooting for. I did not want this. I wanted to uh, have my head clear for vacation and not have to worry about such things. I thought I'd have been fine if Carolina had lost to St. Peter's. And that would have been a great story to have a 15 seed in the final four. But as it is, Carolina did win. And Carolina is an eight seed. So they are the Cinderella school in the final four. The rest of the final four is a one seed and two two seeds in Carolina. So Carolina doesn't necessarily belong. And for that reason, I think they're playing with house money. Absolutely. So I'm not as concerned. I've decided I, I just think that Carolina should go out there and try to win this game and that all of the pressure is on Duke. Absolutely. Everything after that Cameron victory was free money. Yeah, I agree. Good for now, you, John. It, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I assume yeah. this is my positive influence and constant hectoring of you via text messages? No, it's not. I mean, you. I don't know if you get it. David texted me the other day and said, I don't understand why this is such a big deal in this game. I think that Coach K would gladly trade losing his last game in Cameron. Okay, that I hear. What is that? Is that a tugboat? Is that an air raid siren? I have no idea. All right, go again. Okay. Pick, pick uh, again. Yeah, I think you... S oh, you're happy. Yeah, we're gaining. <laughs> um, That's the Coach K take alarm that goes off whenever someone wants to make a hot take about Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah, that's All right, it. Take it again. Okay. Uh, yeah, no one here is even aware that this game is going on. Is that a shofar? It sounds like the beginning of Godspell. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Look out the window and see if they're doing a production of Godspell. So when we got here, we got on this bus to come to, to the place and the guy said, oh, you're from North Carolina. You ever hang out in Charlotte? Really? I said, yeah. And he said... Elevation Church, ever heard of it? Total, you know, praise music type church. He said, 
He said, that's on my bucket list. Dude, this guy was into praise music. Yeah, he was. Is he, how's he reacting to the Hillsong, the Hillsong news? There's been a spate of resignations and scandals at Hillsong, which is... What? Dude, have you not been reading about this? No. Multiple leaders of Hillsong have had to resign because of inappropriate texts and, and, and physical things with, with female staffers and parishioners. Hillsong is mired in scandal, man. That's one of your favorite, and that's like a praise music, meg, yeah. you know, super factory. Yeah. Well, Elevation Church is always in in scandal. Stephen Furtick, he's the head pastor there. He's controversial. Isn't but... it ironic that Christian leaders get involved in scandals? It like, is. Shouldn't they be role models? It's kind of ironic when you think about yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Is. Like. Yeah. Huh. I wonder what Bible they're reading. The porno Bible. Huh. That probably needs a little work. Uh, uh, excuse me. Open message to all uh, pastors and priests. No, Sunday is not opposite day. That's good. Okay. I like that one. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Anyway, what were you saying about this infernal basketball game? Yeah, I've let it go. All the pressure is, you know, if Carolina were a one seed and Duke were a one seed and this was Coach K versus Carolina's former Hall of Fame coach, Roy Williams, this would be a different event. And it is still a huge event that cannot be repeated, probably likely will never be repeated, but it is Coach K's last year. It's Hubert Davis's first year. Mm. Carolina is an eight seed. What Duke must do is beat Carolina and then go on to win the national championship. If Carolina beats Duke and gives... Coach K, his final loss, and then goes on to lose in the national championship, that's fine. It's yeah, still epic what yeah. Carolina did. Right. If Coach K beats Carolina, they still have to go finish the deal. But the unfortunate thing about them meeting in the semis instead of the national championship, which again would be even worse, but there is a mutually assured destruction, I believe, that they will they'll expend so much emotional energy preparing for the game that the winner will be spent by the by Monday night when they play for the championship. Yeah. Interesting. I think so. Interesting. And all the all the hoopla is going to be surrounding Carolina and Duke. And meanwhile, Kansas is the one seed. They're the only one seed that made it. Right. And they're sitting there on the other side. They're now loving still- life. Kansas can sit back. They're in the catbird seat. They can watch yeah. these two other teams tear themselves apart. So if Duke wins, beats Carolina, that will suck. And I will hate that and I will not enjoy it. And it'll be one of the worst losses to Duke uh, in the rivalry's history. But if they go on to lose to Kansas or Villanova, it's a wash. I'm fine. But if Carolina somehow beats Duke. Oh boy, here we go. Then what? That's for that's just forever, man. Will you jump up and down? Yeah, I will. Will you will you hoot and holler? I will. All right. Yeah. We're done. Okay. Mm. They're blasting the horn to let us know it's time to move on to the next topic. Next topic. I want uh, I'm I'm seriously asking now, what is that sound? Is it mechanical, organic, electronic, digital? Like what is it? It sounds like um a horn. It feels like a drill that is being drilled maybe in a unit 
Oh, a couple. I, right. I thought it was like a yeah. huge booming sound from a from a distance. No, I think it's quite close. Yeah, it's a squeaky drill. <laughs> Man, I got to tell you one thing about one thing about living life with no net. Sometimes, whatever. No one gives a shit. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the 444 uh, joke that I premiered on last week's episode. Oh, yes. Talking yeah. about my number comedy career, which um, has not yet taken off. I'm still in the planning stages. But rest assured, when I decide to anoint myself the king of numbers comedy, y'all will be the first to know. Anyway, there was some confusion about last week's 444 joke. I think people read too much into the street name that I just generated in the heat of the moment. Uh, they, Smith people level. are too smart. Yeah, people thought there was some significance to the street name. Because it's Smith, such a weird street name. Smith Level Drive, which was based on Smith Level Road, which is an actual road where John and I grew up. Yeah. So I thought what I would do is just tell the joke again with a different street name so that the few stragglers who didn't get the joke the first time around will understand it. So here we go. <clears throat> this is uh, the 444 joke, take two. John, I was going to go visit my friend the other day for lunch. He told me to go to his house. <laughs> it's at 444 Maple Avenue. 444 Maple Avenue. Mm-hmm. So I went up and down and looked all around, and I couldn't find 444 Maple Avenue. I went home. I called my friend. Sorry I missed lunch. I couldn't find your house. He said, what are you talking about? It's 444 Maple Avenue. I said, yeah, I didn't see it anywhere. He said, do you know how to read numbers? I said, of course I know how to read numbers. I've been reading numbers my whole life. Uh-huh. He said, well, did you see my house? It's a big brown house with a red chimney. I said, that was your house? He said, yeah, the big brown house with the red chimney. I said, I stood right in front of that house. I looked directly at it. He said, you didn't see the address number on it? 444 Maple Avenue? I said, I didn't. But come to think of it, let me ask you a question. Why was this? Come on, you could do it. (laughs) I said, I didn't, but come to think of it, let me. I said, I didn't, but come to think of it, let me. It's so dumb. Why do I think it's so funny? It's such a weird question to ask. Okay. He said, I didn't. No, excuse me. I I said, sorry, Mm -hmm. take it again. He said, you didn't see the address number on it? 444 Maple Avenue? I said, I didn't, but come to think of it, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Why was there a cartoon of a sailboat race on your mailbox? Okay. It, Everybody get it now? It is a weird question to ask. I think the funniest thing about the joke is when he says, I didn't, but come to think of it, let <laughs> me ask you a question. <laughs> no one say that in a million no, years. No. Yeah, that's, think of it. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, oh, shut up. No, it, that's the best part because you're setting it up. It's like, oh, here it comes. I guess that's true. And it is here a, yeah. it comes. It's a sign of a good joke that everyone knows exactly when the punchline is about to land, so that they can like right. grip their armrests and and buckle up for a hell of a ride. <laughs> anyway, that's the four 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 joke. I assume everyone right. understands it now. If you, so it works with Maple Street. It wor- here's the great thing about it. It works with you could. I could have said. Um, I could have said uh, uh, North Avenue. I could mm-hmm. have said uh, you know Vendome Place. I could have said 
Elm Boulevard. It's really, you have to have the 444. But right. then when it comes but to the actual certain... street name, that's like dealer's choice, man. Like be creative, you know, have fun. But it's not totally dealer's choice. You really couldn't say Smith level road. Yeah, and that's you true. It can't be you couldn't so say, interesting that it distracts the You listener. couldn't say Top Sale Boulevard. Right. Yeah. Then people, right. Or Sailboat right. Race Street. So you really, you kind of biffed it. You're right. In, in yeah. And I want to say before people are still confused about this joke, also... Another part of my favorite part of the joke is when the guy says, <clears throat> he says, well, did you see my house? It's a big brown house with a red chimney. Uh-huh. Now, I just love the specificity and the world building in that description of that house. But I will also let people know that also has nothing to do with no. the, with the joke. So it could be a big greenhouse with a white chimney, right? Or a yeah. tiny red house with no chimney. All right. That's also something that is kind of up to the interpreter of the joke. And I do want to say, you know, I had a, you know, I was thinking maybe this will be the joke that launches my career in numbers comedy. But thinking about it, you know, John, I'm just thinking about our listeners and how much we like our listeners. And I thought I would like to do something really nice for our listeners. And so what I want to do today is gift our listeners, John, with the 444 joke. I'm releasing this joke on a Creative Commons license. Do you remember when Creative Commons was a big thing in the yeah, like 15 yeah. years ago that was going to revolutionize everything? Nobody was going to own anything anymore. So what I'm saying is anyone who listens to Election Profit Makers, you are free to tell this joke and you don't even have to credit me. And you can even make money for it. I would love to turn on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon one night and see an Election Profit Makers right. listener telling this You're joke. not going to do an NFT. No, 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 joke. no. This is the opposite of an NFT. This is right. called shareware, I think is what they call it. Anyone can, right. it's uh, this is a hippie joke. I'm giving it away to everyone for free. The only thing is you have to tell it the way it's written. You can change the description of the house and you can change the name of the street. But again, the joke, Be careful. The joke goes like this. I was going to go visit my friend the other day for lunch. He told me to go to his house. It's at 444 Maple Avenue, 444 Maple Avenue. So I went up and down and looked all around and I couldn't find 444 Maple Avenue. I went home, called my friend. Sorry, I missed lunch. I couldn't find your house. He said, what are you talking about? It's 444 Maple Avenue. I said, yeah, I didn't see it anywhere. He said, do you know how to read numbers? (laughs) He said, do you know how to read numbers? I said, of course I know how to read numbers. I've been reading numbers my whole life. He said, Uh well, did you see my house? It's a big brown house with a red chimney. I said, that was your house? He said, yeah, the big brown house with the red chimney. I said, I stood right in front of that house. I looked directly at it. He said, you didn't see the address number on it? I'm going to take it again. He said, you didn't see the address number on it? It's 444 Maple Avenue. I said, I didn't, but come to think of it, let me ask you a question. Why was there a cartoon of a sailboat race on your mailbox? Yeah. That's the 444 joke, and anyone listening can say it. Take it and go with God. The end. It really is great when you told it that third time or the fourth time there. (laughs) It really came alive. The questions that they they ask one another, do you know how to... (laughs) Read numbers is a normal question. It's a nice, nice. I mean, what a, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, it's good. I like it. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. It's one of the best jokes I ever wrote. I'm not great at writing jokes, but when I write a good joke, it's so satisfying. It's like you know, it's like solving a puzzle. If you ask, mm-hmm. if you ask me personally, that's what it's like. I'm sorry. Can you hear the beeping? No. Okay. Good.
You have one more week to buy the Election Profit Makers merch featuring the upside down gain in helicopter and the Election Profit Makers effects pedal. Go to bit.ly slash EPM very cool, all lowercase. Bit.ly slash EPM very cool. Uh, there's one more week to buy that stuff before we shut that store down and figure out our future merch strategies. Thank you for your support. Yes. Oh, why did I sing it like that? I'm still waking up. Would you riff for a moment while I go get another cup of coffee? Sure. Thanks. Um, I'll be right back. I would just like to remind everyone that David put together an incredible piece of audio, which was a field recording of a hidden fish weir that I discovered on New Hope Creek in Orange County, uh, the location of which will remain uh, undisclosed. But if you would like to listen to what that sounds like, you need to become a patron at patreon.com slash election profit makers. And we have released a preview of that field recording. And David did just an amazing job with the audio engineering. And in the coming week, when Carolina and Duke play in the doomsday scenario, I'm actually thinking that instead of watching the game, I might just listen to that recording to help me zen my way through it. Or maybe I'll listen to the recording and watch the game on mute because it's, it's quite relaxing. All right. Let's talk about this damn Jenny Thomas bullshit. This is really wild. There's a big article in the New York, Sunday New York Times Magazine about Clarence Thomas and Jenny Thomas and their and their marriage and just kind of like how conservative and and you know she's like blurring all these lines by being a political activist who's married to a Supreme Court justice and like he's showing up at events for like political groups and giving speeches and stuff and the groups are even mm -hmm. fundraising off Clarence Thomas. This was all before the news came out that the January 6th committee had texts from Mark Meadows from Ginny Thomas in the aftermath of the election, Ginny Thomas is off the deep end. It's not just that she's a conservative activist. She's like, she's in like full on QAnon mode talking about how they're going to send Democratic politicians to Guantanamo Bay. Like she's insane. What yeah. happened? I, yeah, she completely went down the QAnon rabbit hole. Yeah, she believed that there were ships off the coast of Guantanamo waiting to pick up yeah, the the people involved in this, and then then she told Meadows to delay as long as possible because the army was preparing. This is to the have wife Trump's of a Supreme Court justice, man. I mean, I'm not like an elitist snob. I mean, I of course am an elitist snob. This was like really. It's disturbing. It's one thing for Marjorie Taylor Greene to be a QAnon maniac, like whatever. She's just some random representative who got elected in a district by a bunch of weirdos. This is like the wife of a Supreme, you know, and. This is why you shouldn't have lifetime appointments to the Supreme Court. Like people can go, people can go off the deep end and their spouses can go off the deep end. And Clarence Thomas was the one justice who voted against turning over all of Trump's information because he knew he was going to make his wife look like a total maniac. And he probably believes this stuff too. Yeah. Oh, John, sometimes I fret for the future of this country. Yeah. Yeah. She's a true believer.
You, yeah, you, man. you know, many of these guys are cynical. I, I don't believe that Mark Meadows, at one point she talked about, you know, we have to stand up to the elites. And I think Mark Meadows texts back like, who, who are the elites? What are you talking about? Like, even he couldn't go that far. Right. But she's not a cynical faker like someone like Ted no. Cruz is. Ted Cruz no. knows the election wasn't stolen. Yeah. But I think she... She's legit. These are private texts that she didn't think anyone was going to see. I think she truly believes all this stuff. Yeah, it really would be interesting to know if if he does as well. She refers to Clarence Thomas as her best friend. They refer to each other as best friend. I like it when couples do that, though. Yeah, and uh, she she does refer to her best friend in some of those texts, like, "Oh, we I've been talking to my best friend about this." So. I don't know how this affects any predicted markets because we always want to see how to monetize all these moments of despair. I don't see anything really involving Ginny Thomas on predicted.org, much to its discredit, I will say. Mm -hmm. But boy, oh boy, in terms of a temperature check for where the Republican Party is at, like, I guess I always had this feeling of like, right, right, Trump is nuts. But the but the real establishment Republicans all know that and are just going along with it cynically. They'll be done with Donald Trump. They'll cast aside Michael Flynn. These people will leave. But this is the wife, John, the wife of a Supreme Court justice. I'll say the it again. Most senior Supreme Court justice. The wife of the se- I know that's the other thing I couldn't believe because I still think of Clarence Thomas as like one of the new ones. I, I know. He's been I there know. for like 30 years. Yeah. John, I don't say this often. And I say it with deep reservation, but the rot goes all the way to the very top of the fish's head in Denmark. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is funky stuff. This is really, really funky stuff. And I was thinking we got to give her bad boy of the week because she's bad to the bone. But there's nothing performative about this, I don't think. I think she's a true believer, so she can't really be a bad boy because it's not for show with a wink and a smile. Yeah, you got to give it to her, though. Yeah, I think you're right. Come on. Bad Boy of the Week, speed round. Everybody get ready. Yeah, yeah. Everybody have fun. Party, party. It's Bad Boys of the Week. Let's get it talking. Bad Boys number one. Winner, Ginny Thomas. The end. I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed Dick Town this week. Oh, look at this. Uh, Thank you, John. Yeah, I watched it the following night on Hulu. It's it's on at 11 p.m. Eastern on FXX, which I don't have, but I, I, I do have Hulu, so I watched it the following day. And I just, the, the Charlotte Skyline shout out. Had to give a little shout out to John Kimball. There's a little plot point about the Charlotte Skyline in episode 208 of Dick Town. I was crying because you, and, and the animation is amazing. I mean, the, the, the skyline's perfect. Yeah. Floyd County, our production company did a good job rendering uh, the Charlotte Skyline. Yeah. Thank you for that. John, you're very welcome. I'm glad you're watching Dicktown and anyone else who's interested in watching this show, you should know that this Thursday, the last Thursday in March is the season finale. Oh my gosh. What a, what a whirlwind ride you're going to be in for this Thursday night at 11 on FXX available the next day on Hulu, where you can stream all two seasons of Dicktown starting Friday. Bit.ly slash Dicktown. Oh, there we go. Bit.ly slash Dicktown. Yeah, and you did a great job singing, too. Thanks, John. Yeah, we had a musical episode where we wrote little songs for a high school musical about 70s splatter movies. It combined two of the defining experiences of my adolescence, watching disgusting 70s splatter movies with you at slumber parties and then singing in Gilbert and Sullivan in high school. It was beautiful, yeah. This is a funky episode, guys. Sorry, we got to keep it loosey-goosey because John's got to hit the beach in Florida. Yeah. Simca writes in, my old friend... 
Simka writes in and says, This year's Joko Cruise delayed most of my podcast listening, so I only caught up to this discussion today. This is about house numbers, John. Uh huh. Our current house number is 10. Whoa. Our previous house number was 11. And the temporary apartment we lived in between the two was 1011. Wow. And I know this guy from the Joko Cruise from years past. What are the odds? I mean, that's nuts. It is that, nuts. That's a good one. Golly. Man, speaking of Joko, Jonathan Colton and Jonathan Colton's wife, Christine, I went over to their house last night to watch the Oscars. We don't even have time to get into those Academy Awards. What a fucking mess that was. Yeah. They were trying to make the argument that movies matter. I came away being like, I'm never going to see another movie as long as I live. This whole thing is a mess. This is chaos right here. Everything about it was chaos. And I'm, I'm not even talking about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock and then going into full-on Kanye West weird crying mode, trying to justify everything, <laughs> saying he's a vessel of love or whatever. Yeah. So creepy. So inappropriate. Yeah. I'm talking about this. They had this choir come out and sing all these random songs during the In Memoriam thing. It went on for 45 minutes. That was pure chaos. The choir was so distracting. They were singing like, um, I can't remember. At some point, it was weird. And then they started playing the Golden Girls theme. But then I was like, oh, the choir's going to sing Golden Girls. Like, you know that one viral um, Twitter video of the guy singing Golden Girls in a gospel style, singing over it? It's a great video where he's no. like, they're like, he plays the theme song. Thank you for being a friend. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is like a gospel choir. They're going to do that for the Betty White second. Mm -hmm. They just sat there and stomped their feet and didn't do anything. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just a just a real a just and the hosts weren't good and and oh man. The jokes were good. Some of them landed. There was a couple good jokes, but there was a lot. I mean, they honestly they could have used a 444 joke. They could have used some numbers comedy, you know? They could have said, oh, "Here's a joke just off the top of my head. Let me show you how easy this is, you damn Oscars okay. producers. Let me All show right. you how fucking easy it is to write a world-class joke." Well, a couple years ago, we decided to expand the number of best picture nominees to 10. So now you're going to have to choose between 10 movies. And no, you can't choose 10 starring Bo Derek. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This year we cut eight different technical awards that no one cares about because um, we wanted to spend more time with our viewers fucking promoting Army of the Dead as the most loved movie. I could not figure out what was happening. It was like, you know, when people see something weird and they're like, I think I'm having a stroke. It felt like that. Like they were mm. like, they started promoting movies in the middle of the Oscars or like there were, and then it just didn't make any sense. And then there was this ad for Ukraine and it was sponsored by crypto.com. I was like, I'm in hell. I'm in hell right now. Didn't they have some glitch? It was weird after Will Smith got up there and started giving his best actor speech and then it went really long and then they flashed up Oscars. I think he was having a, a mucus or saliva event that they decided not to show. He was having a oh. breakdown. He, it was, it really felt like a Kanye West thing where it's like, Oh, this guy, like something's going on. He's traumatized by something, or maybe he switched his medication. It just seemed like this is yeah. like, th this felt like, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Sometimes I look at Hollywood and John, I have to raise a single eyebrow and look at them and say, are you really being serious right now? Hollywood? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's what I was saying last night. I was like, you know, I'm, I don't live the Hollywood lifestyle like Kid Midas, but I, I'm not really that into that. I don't, I don't really, I don't, I'm not sure I approve or like any of this. 
my review of this of this year's Oscars, if I had to put it in number comedy terms, I would say I would give it a um Oh, let me think. If I <laughs> never mind, so dumb. You know, I'm talking down about these Oscars, but they're they're all more successful than I am. So who am I to judge? I wish all I wish everyone in Hollywood the best. I, I wish every, this is what I would say to everyone in Hollywood. I hope your brighter tomorrows are still ahead of you. How about that? That's a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Chloe writes in, hi, David and John. I've been enjoying all the number humor lately and 100% support a Patreon episode of a whole set of it. While listening to the latest podcast, I was being absolutely delighted by David's joke at the end. And when I pulled my phone out to turn off the podcast before I headed into an appointment, I saw the time was 4.44. Incredible. Number magic is everywhere. And she included a screenshot to prove it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So then she writes, number magic is everywhere. Thanks for being awesome people and making an awesome podcast. We are, we are in the zone in terms of coincidences and numbers. I think, I would say that I think, uh, we are receiving heavenly abundance in terms of number gifts these days. Uh Wouldn't you agree? And I would just want to thank any prayer warriors out there who are sending up supplications to bless us with all this number-related content because the amount of coincidences that we're getting these days is like unparalleled in the history of our podcast. Okay, you you read this last one because this one blew my mind. Yeah. Speaking of coincidences, here we go. Jordan wrote in, 20 years ago, I witnessed the most statistically unlikely incident I thought I'd ever see. My best friend Baran was taking an economics class at Georgia Tech. Over the course of the semester, five tests were given. A student's four best scores were averaged for their final grade. Baran, being an exceptional student, secured an A on the first four tests. His grade on the fifth test was inconsequential, but he was still required to take it. So, Baran saw this as an inconvenience and not one to put in any extraneous effort, proceeded to fill out his Scantron without even looking at the questions. And he did this because it didn't matter because he had already nailed right, the exactly. other ones. From okay. the previous tests, he knew there were 50 questions, all with choices A to D. After a few short moments, he passed in his random selection of answers, assuming he'd get about 25% correct. At the next class, the teacher reported the results. The class average was 73%. Baran assumed he had pulled down the average somewhat. However, he was shocked to discover he actually beat the average and scored an 80% on the test. That means he randomly guessed 40 of 50 answers correctly. By my calculations, the odds of this occurring are around 1 in 695 trillion. That means every single human who has ever lived would need to take the same test a thousand times before we'd expect a score as high as Baran's. I thought this event would never be topped. That was until I heard David's story about two identical four-digit addresses in sequence. We may never know the exact odds, but my intuition tells me that David, like Baran, is at least a one in 695 trillion guy, truly one of the greatest dudes who has ever lived in human history. Thank you, Jordan. Finally, someone has the courage to say it. Yeah. Finally, thank you. That's a good story, though. 80% on a totally randomized result. Yeah, one in 695 trillion. You know, John, once when I went to the Scientology Recruitment Center in Amsterdam with our mutual friend Andrew, this is probably uh-huh. 30 years ago, and we filled out right. the personality test, and Andrew 
of course, did it sincerely because he really wanted to know what his personality shortcomings were. I don't think he was aware that Scientology was a worldwide uh, cult. But I said, this is the whole thing is a joke. I'm going to fill it out completely randomly. I went into Baran mode, like uh, the friend here. I didn't even look at the questions. I just filled it all, all I filled it out all randomly. Lo and behold, the guy at the Scientology Recruitment Center said we both had shortcomings in our personalities. Interesting. Yeah. And he said that we both needed to, when we returned to America, after our little European trip, we should seek out the closest Scientology center and start going because we both had problems. So that was certainly a sobering afternoon in Amsterdam. I also got mugged on that trip. I kinda, and Amsterdam kind of sucks now that I think about it. I got set up on a, on a drug deal. And before I knew anything, it was the first thing in the morning. We were staying in a squat in one of Andrew. And what Andrew had some friend that lived in a squat in Amsterdam with no hot water. Whatever. I was fine. I, I support squatters rights. Blah, blah, blah. Punk rock. And yeah, uh, I, I went support them too. I went Cyber out one squatters. What's that? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You got a joke to share? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it. I support s- squatters rights too. cyber squatters. Oh, right. Cause you're a cyber squatter. That's yeah. a pretty good joke. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I, I just had to take my shot. So I went out first thing in the morning to get coffee and then this, uh, I don't even do drugs, man. And then I got, and then I got, I got, Next thing I knew, I was holding this tab of LSD, and then another guy rounded the corner and cut me off. It was just like total chaos, and I had to give him all my money. I was so embarrassed. So Then I had to go back to the squat and say, I lost all my money just now. The squatters were like, well, we don't have money. (laughs) So then we – yeah. Anyway, Amsterdam stinks. The LSD guy and the guy who robbed you, were they in cahoots? I think they were in cahoots. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. I'm sorry that happened. Yeah, whatever. I hope, you know what, the, I have the revenge because I wrote the 444 joke and I don't even know what they do. They probably write jokes about mugging people, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, what do you call? Uh, yeah, I want to see this. What do you call an American who's walking around the streets of Amsterdam first thing in the morning? You say, we call him easy money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke, though. I will give him credit yeah. for that joke. Much respect to my Amsterdam muggers. OK, I don't want to do this anymore. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Depressing week. The Jenny Thomas stuff. Oh, and then Eric Adams is like cutting every department in New York, except for the police department. Like NYPD budget is like 10, it's more than $10 billion a year. And now they're going to start arresting all the homeless people on subways as they cut the homeless budget. Come on, America. Oh, America. Sometimes I think of America as like the Academy Awards, like just a fucking mess. Mm Mm-hmm. Election Profit Makers is an unaffiliated production. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you'd like to try Predict It, go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds and a reminder Please, please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast or Discogs or Reverb.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Those reviews actually make a big difference. And even if they didn't, it's just really nice to see them. John, have a great week in Florida. I wish you a relaxing, sun-filled week. And um, give my best to your traveling companions and bring me back a fun um, a fun T-shirt. 
Okay. That says something like, um, no fear. Yeah. Bring me a t-shirt that says no fear. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye now. Okay. All right. I'll see you later. Bye.